I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Uh, It's the blizzard watch show where we watch blizzard and its many games quite intently i'm matt i'm the host uh, with me this week's my fantastic host ann stickney uh and i've already said on the pre-show that i've been doing the the wow classic beta for the past couple of days what have you been doing uh around the various blizzard game sphere i've still been plugging away trying to get flying i am almost there hopefully soon i don't know the rep grind is real I really should have started this a long time ago, but that's okay. Um, beyond that, I haven't been doing too much with the Blizzard stuff, although I did reserve some names for WoW Classic, which I was very happy about. Um, and we will talk about that more in detail in a little bit, because that's like one of the news items to talk about. Um, other than that, honestly, the last week or so has been mostly like household stuff and um, looking at dogs on the internet even though i don't really like want a dog but i do <laughs> yeah it, it's a rabbit hole it yeah it pull is you down and you'll just be like looking at dogs for like weeks you're like oh god this one's cute this one isn't cute but i look at its little face i want to smush it stuff I like that f- yeah i feel like i feel like i found the perfect dog like the first dog that i stumbled upon that i was just like yes he is the one and um, I posted him on Twitter, by the way. Uh, you can follow me at Shades O Gray. That's Shades Letter O G R E Y on Twitter if you want to. Um, <laughs> I ramble about the weirdest stuff, but yeah, I found this dog, and his name is Phil Collins. <laughs> See, I would be tempted to get it just for that, and mm-hmm. and then every time I was about to introduce someone to my dog, I would go, and here's my do doom do doom do doom do doom do doom do. Here's my dog. Every time I look at this dog, all I can think of is like a slow-mo turn to camera with the big bug eyes while Strangers Like Me plays softly in the background. (laughs) It cracks me up every single time. But he's like, he's part, what is it, like Pekingese and Japanese chin, which I, they're, it's a weird combination. So he's got kind of the smooshy face. And I know I said like a smooshy face dog wasn't really my thing, but he just looks great and really like he's like seven years old and I'm like I really want that dog but he lives in Kansas so it's like I can't have that dog um as much as I would really like that dog (laughs) so it's fine but yeah Phil Collins I love you not not the man Phil Collins the dog and if I if I got a dog that was named like that you you can't call them Phil like you have to call them by their full name it's Phil Collins every time <laughs> Phil Collins yeah Phil Collins yeah he, he actually when when the actual Phil Collins shows up you're like no sir I'm sorry yeah could you please stop that then <laughs> I just I, I I thought he was great I'm like yeah I think that's the kind of dog that I would like to have because he looked really mellow he was like seven years old I'm like yeah that's the kind of it's like a chill dog reminding me that this looks like a nightmare so hard what? Yeah, this is reminding me so hard of we had like a main tank 
in vanilla when, yeah. when I when I first started playing. Uh, his name was Sledgehammer after the uh, the Gabriel Peter Gabriel yes. song. Yes, and he would just sing it constantly, like all the time. I'm not going to sing it because a my voice isn't that great, and b we don't want to have to pay him money. I'm sorry, but yeah, he would do that like all the various like he would like bust out little parts of it as he did polls. Um, there's that this will be my testimony part. Like he would sing that really loudly as he pulled pulled Nefarian. And one time he like we were doing progression on Nefarian and he forgot to do it, and we got Nefarian down to one percent, <gasps> and then we wiped. And everybody freaked out on it. You didn't do the song. They're like, oh God, if you'd have done the song, we'd have killed him. And this is, you know, of course wasn't true. Uh, but from then on, he he didn't dare forget the song. So he had to do it for everything. I, I remember when he stopped playing WoW, I think he even mentioned, yeah, guys, it's been great, but I really don't want to have to sing anymore. <laughs> so I'm leaving. I had the 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 notable person that I remember from my raid guild our our tank I can't remember our tanks our main tank's name but he was fantastic and knew exactly what he was doing he played a forsaken warrior because of course he did so he could do like the stance dance and the free fear breaking and all that other wonderful stuff but like um we had this other off tank slash dps warrior and his name was frog and he was a green troll that looked kind of like a frog, which is probably why he picked that name. But Frog went out of his way. Anytime he found any kind of like, not necessarily exploit, but like glitch in the system where things should not be, he went out of his way to make it happen so often that Blizzard was kind of forced to change it. <laughs> so he was a jerk, but he was kind of doing the jerk stuff for good reason like he uh when when battlegrounds first came out he used the gnomish mind control helmet on um alliance players that came into the battleground and just like ushered them out of the gate <laughs> so he had to change how the mind control helmet worked and yeah it was it was he was just a nightmare any but anytime anybody saw him coming it was like oh no what is frog going to do i don't know what happened to frog I miss Frog, but he was a he was a delight, a treasure, and somebody I never ever wanted to cross. So, all right. Well, at this point, we should probably talk about them. There, their top stories out there. There, there. Hill. I don't know why I turn to a prospector every time we do this. I. Uh, but anyway, don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know why my mouth does this. Anyway, as we mentioned in the pre-show, and as we just mentioned just now, the uh, the Wild WoW Classic beta is back. Like they, they brought it back this week. Um, it's going until Friday. So if you listen to this recording, like as a recording, uh, you probably have like a couple hours. You could go hop on if you felt like it. If you're listening to us live, obviously it's up right now. You're watching us stream it and so forth. Um, they, they, they put it in basically because they said that the original test uh, helped them find a lot of bugs. And now they want to basically give a couple of days to really check out the level 40 to 45 content. The The level is level 45. That's the cap on the beta right now. Um, so you're talking about Stranglethorn Vale, Swamp of Sorrows, uh, Desolus, and Dust Swallow, pretty much. I think, yeah, you could, yeah, you could, you could give a, I want to say, not Silithus. There's own Gadgetzan's in. Why God, why can't, no, there was one Gadgetzan's in. Uh, oh, Tenaris. Yeah, you could probably yeah. poke your head in Tenaris, but Tenaris was more like, High forties. I remember going 50. there at level forty-two and and leveling from forty-two at, up. Yeah, I went there at level forty-two and things were kind of tough. But then I was also playing a druid and we were mostly ineffectual. But like, um, it got. I think. I think realistically, I did stuff in thousand needles, like at the racetrack, that kind of thing. Um, and then I didn't really go to Tenaris until I was like forty-five to forty-seven. I also will accept that I, I went to Ashara at level 40 because everyone told me that they're constant plate drops from all the mobs. And it was really brutal because they were all like level 45 and up. <laughs> yeah, and you don't nobody dropped no, nobody dropped any plate. I was like, you lying beeps. There's no plate here. I had forgotten that, you know, they were on characters that couldn't use plates. Of course, they noticed all the plates drops because they were useless. To them. I Whereas, will say that if you have a stealth character on Horde at level 42, there is a quest that sends you to Ashara and you talk to uh, Jezdiga, I think is her name, um, at Valormuk. And she will send you to go catch a bunch of tablets. And you can get those tablets 
Um, and if you stealth and you're very careful, you can get around the Naga that are in the ruins where those tablets are at. And if you can get all the tablets and give them to her and then deliver them to the appropriate parties, you gain like a level and a half's worth of experience. You're welcome. But since I don't play the stealth types, that's not useful to me, but hey. It will get uh, you if, through the 40s, and believe me, you need all the help you can get to get through the 40s yeah. when you're playing classic. There were, there, there's going to be some stretches where you're like, what is going on? Where where do I even go? Is there any quests there? What's happening? Desolus in particular is going to be interesting for people. One if, other... if you're not used to decentralized zones where the content is out there for you to find, but you have to go find it, that's Desolus to a T. You will need to look for stuff. I stopped talking so you can go. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was, I, I feel like we should mention too that when we say that the beta is open again, it's, it's the closed beta. And basically, all testers who previously had access to the closed beta, they're able to log in. So it's not like a flat out open beta or anything. It's just yeah. they've reopened the closed beta. It's, it's, there's no new logins that I'm aware of. It's no, nobody new has been invited to it. It's just, hey, you were testing stuff, test some more stuff, which it's still kind of fun. If you, and there was a, you know, for a closed beta, it was relatively open. So at least if nothing else, there's a little bit more testing going on. It's an interesting approach to testing. It reminds me a lot of how Diablo 3 has been doing their PTRs, where they give you a, a condensed week of testing and that's it. Uh, so it's, it's what's going on, but since we're talking about WoW Classic, yeah, we should talk about uh, Namageddon, I think, which which is a good name for Namageddon. Uh, the other day, I, it was Monday or Tuesday? I forget. It was the 12th, right? It was Monday. It was Monday. Monday afternoon. Yeah. Monday, they opened up the uh, WoW Classic so you could reserve up to three character names. And my wife couldn't log on, so I went and got one for her because I knew she wanted one. And I couldn't get the one she really wanted, but I knew that one wasn't going to be there. Uh, that wasn't going to happen, but I got the other one and, and I think I saved one for myself. And then I, I don't know what I did with my third. I don't remember, but yeah, I did that. So what about you? You did it. Do you got, you got your names? I, you said? I, okay. So I went to, lo it was a very, it was a very vanilla experience because when you went to log in, you were immediately stuck in a login queue because a lot of people were trying to log in all at once to get their names, which is understandable. Um, and I thought that I, well, I don't know. I hit the server that I thought was the RP server, which was Bloodsail Buccaneers, because that's where I wanted to reserve my names at. And I put down three names. I did not get my first choice, but of course I didn't get my first choice. It's a very common word. Um, however, the other three, I got all three of them. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm happy. I'm fine. And then I backed out. And then when I went back in a little bit later, I realized that, the names that I had reserved were not on Bloodsail Buccaneers. They were on Misrael for some reason. And I don't know why. Um, so I was trying to get back onto Bloodsail Buccaneers. And it wouldn't let me on. Wouldn't let me on. <laughs> but uh, we had Tyler in the chat channel. And he was able to get on the server. So he, he saved the one name that I really wanted. And the other two were really obscure. So I was pretty sure that nobody was going to grab them anyway right off the bat. But he grabbed the one I really wanted. And then when I got, eventually got onto Bloodsail Buccaneers, he deleted that character and then I claimed the name. So I did get all of my names. And I got six, actually, because I got three on each license. So I'm good to go. I mean... I don't know how much I'm going to be playing WoW Classic, but I, I'm I'm glad that the names that I wanted, I could get. So yeah, I, I feel much the same way about WoW yeah. Classic in that I don't I I actually like it way more than I thought I would when this all started. Like I do love to log on and just see the the old sites. Like right now, I've got my little Night Elf Warrior on this WoW Classic beta, and it's it's fun and I enjoy it. But at the same time, the gameplay improvements they've made over the years. I like those. I don't, I don't look at her. She's wearing yellow shoulders with blue plate armor. It doesn't make sense. And I can't fix it. I can't fix it. And I there can't was, fix it. There was, there was, and keep in mind the other thing too. I don't know if it's going to be enabled when you start playing classic or not, but um, originally way back when in the day, when you bought something off the auction house, you didn't get to see what it looked like on your character until you bought it and you put it on. There was no preview. There was no model preview. 
you just it was the luck of the draw and you had to know what it looked like there was but yeah even then you didn't know what it like there was no in-game preview of of what it looked like you were basically pulling stuff blind and if you were lucky it looked okay if you were unlucky it was those like pink hot pink leather pants with like the yellow cross hatching on them because that was smart I don't know (laughs) but like I remember when I hit what was it? I think I hit like level 35 or 40 or something like that. And I just reached the Zen state where I said, you know, my character is just going to look like, butt. like, she's just going to, I, I just need to like accept this and, and come to terms with it and make her look as much like, butt as possible. And I'm just going to roll with it. And she had, the most hideous collection of leather I've ever seen. I have a screenshot of her somewhere. I do share it every now and again. Um, but it's like green and silver chain mail. And then the aforementioned, like, like the pink pants with the yellow hatching on them. And then I think I got her like this r- ridiculous brown leather bucket hat thing. And I think her shoulders were like orange. I don't, she looked terrible, but it was okay. I, w- I was fine with it. Because I had embraced the absurd. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to go back to the land before you know transmog. I'm just, I just don't want to. It's like I can, I can see WoW losing any other feature, and I'd be okay. But if they took transmog out, I honestly don't think I'd keep playing because I just can't go back. I can't go back to the time before when I had no idea what I was going to look like, and even when. Even when Blizzard started doing stuff like designing, like when they went into, into Wrath of Lich King, they started designing sets like to look good together. Like all the plate you were going to get kind of looked like all the other plate you were going to get and it all worked together. But it, then it was just boring. It was all boring and kind of brown. Whereas, you know, with Transmog, I can do whatever the heck I want with all these various pieces I've got. And I just, I don't want to go back. But I'll, I, I will play it occasionally just to look around. I will like on a quiet weekend when I've got nothing else to do, I'll put in a couple hours of time. And if it takes me forever to get to level 60, that'll be fine. This isn't like the old days when I was like, I remember going crazy at level 52. I remember like seriously just going, no, no more. And like, I just honed in on I'm level 52 and by God, I'm going to get to level 60. And I was, I think I was, I was in the Plaguelands, kind of near where the Flight Point Chillwind Camp, near the Flight Point there, and there's all those 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 undead. That's where you hit yeah. level sixty. No, that's where I. That's when I had my breakdown at level fifty-two, and I, I swore that I would get to sixty, and I just started going nuts, like on every undead I saw, until like I got high enough level to start doing the quests, and and finally get over. And it's it was that that ended up pushing me to get the key to Upper Black Rock Spire. Where were you when you hit level 60? Do you remember? I on was your first in, character? I was in Upper Black Rock Spire. I remember that because I had gotten the key the week before and we were doing a run. Because remember, it was level 57 to, to get on, put on most of that gear. Uh, I had my, I was pretty close to full valor. And I got, like, I remember I got the bracers or something and I put them on and then we were doing uh, the Rend Blackhand event and I hit 60 during the waves of, while I was tanking the waves of dragons and people who were coming in. That's awesome. Um, just, yeah. And that's where I hit 60. I remember it because I didn't notice like the swoosh went off, but I had like, I had like six guys on me and I was just trying desperately. I was switching out to, to, to battle stance to hit thunderclap to hit four of them and switching back to D stance and just trying desperately tabbing to try and keep threat on all of them. And then we were they were dead and like friend was like i'm going down and everyone's like rats and i'm like he he comes down all the time why are you grazing he, he it's not that big of an achievement to walk down a staircase he knows he knows how to do it don't be sarcastic like you you dummy you, you leveled oh oh i leveled ah <laughs> you don't have time to have a fit we have to actually do this like oh yeah i on my first character my first character was a night elf druid i really wanted to hit 60 doing the Blightcrawler quest on Alliance side and I couldn't get a group together to do it like I just I couldn't get a group to get so I was waiting and waiting and waiting and while I was waiting I went to um oh I'm forgetting the name of that zone again the one that's just north of Red Ridge 
Ooh, uh, the either the Burning Steps or burning the Blast steps. of Land? It was Burning Steps. Burning I was steps. I went to the Burning Steps because my character was a leather worker, and I was killing the black dragon kin that were wandering around there because I was farming black dragon scale, um, just for like leather working purposes. And I hit level sixty killing those dragons while waiting for Blightcrawler, because <laughs> I really wanted to hit sixty to imply. I wanted to turn in that Blightcrawler quest in the throne room and go boosh ding sixty, and it didn't happen. I, I hit sixty killing a random dragon, but I didn't really care. I, w- I was just happy. I was just happy that I did it. And then my friend, um, my paladin friend was like, what do you want to do to go celebrate? I'm like, I don't know. I want to go to a dungeon I've never been to. So we went to um, Razorfen Crawl because that was like in a horde zone. And I had never been there because it was a horde. It was a horde dungeon. There was no reason for an alliance character to be anywhere near it. So we went in there and that's when I learned that uh, if you gained the attention of something in the dungeon it would follow you and pull everything else in the dungeon and that's Yeah, also... down, down that giant loop, <sighs> the like, spiral spiral ramp up to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> I was like, I accident. I was stealthing around, and I accidentally got the attention of one of the little piggy quillbore people, and I said, "Whoops!" And then I jumped off the bridge, and ran back to my friend. And they said, "Where were you?" I'm like, "Oh, I was just like up on the thing, but like I got the attention of a guard, so I ran away from it." And he goes, "You can't run away from the and like." <laughs> He didn't even finish the sentence before the swarm of like every mob in the dungeon. And both yep. him and I book it for the entrance. I was trying my hardest to get out of there. So I hit like cat form, hit sprint, managed to go forward. And then that little jerk, he bubbled. <laughs> he badly bubbled and got out. And I died. But I mean, It'll that's what happen. I get. So yeah, that's that's what I learned that there was like you know you could you could train things in dungeons and yeah that was a bad idea. Anyway, we should move on because there is more stuff to talk about here. Yeah, uh, but that's you know so if you're interested in WoW Classic, it's still on it's still on track to come out on the 27th of this month. So yeah, you, pretty soon you'll be playing it. It's the 26th. Playing for years. It's the 26th. Yeah, the 26th. It's the 26th at 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, But you want to check because obviously 26 is that 3 p.m. Pacific. If you're in a different time zone, it could be the 27th. So. All right. Well, cool either way. Uh, But also we should probably talk about this because it's pretty big and it's pretty interesting. Um, Recently during the China Joy, uh, which is basically the the big gaming convention in China, it's effectively the Gamescom of, of Asia. Yeah. They John Hyde, who's the one of the executive producers and you know, really big deal at World of Warcraft right now, the vice president, I think. Yeah, he's um, a VP of he, World of Warcraft. And uh he basically did a little interview bit with them and one of the things that he mentioned, among other things, was that Sylvanas is not going to die this expansion. And a lot of people are like, Well, what does that mean? Including myself, I wrote a whole post saying, What does that mean? But I just think it's interesting that they just came right out and said it. Uh and she isn't gonna die, she's still gonna be around. Uh, I I was not surprised by this. Um, Blizz Planet did a thing where they compared it to the garage at the end of of Miss and Pandaria. I don't think that's valid, and I really don't think you can say that the end boss of of Warlords survived into Legion because the end boss of Warlords was Archimond. Um, Gul'dan wasn't even a fight in in Warlords. Uh, he did become a fight in Legion, and he did die in Legion. And I do think that Blizzard has been. One of the things they mentioned was that, you know, Blizzard has been using continuity between expansions. Like Garrosh is the end boss of of Mists, and then he has a big presence for the first half of Warlords. Uh, Gul'dan is a big presence in Warlords, and he's still there. He's the reason Legion happens. Um, I don't think you can argue that Sargeras... You you can say Sargeras is the reason that we have Battle for Azeroth, but it's not, you know, it's not quite the same thing. But I do think it's an interesting idea that there he was kind of the impetus for a lot of stuff that's going on in battle for azeroth with the whole azerite thing because the azerite thing wouldn't be a thing if he hadn't you know stabbed the world yeah which which i had said i remember i wrote in all your lore all the way back in 2008 about sargeras and the first thing i highlighted was that guy likes to stab planets because one of the really old pictures of sargeras from one of the old warcraft books is of him stabbing a planet that guy Yep. Love stabbing planets. We should have seen it coming. 
Um, but anyway, I, I do think that it's interesting that Sylvester is going to, is not going to just die. Uh, I speculated on what that might mean, but in general, I think it's a good thing um, because world of Warcraft kind of has a Joker problem in that it has good villains, but then it gets rid of them. And then you can't do anything else with them when they're gone without having to go through a lot of time and effort. Like they had to make Warlord so they could use Gul'dan again. And now he's dead again. And we're not, you know, as much as it was satisfying to kill him, now we can't do anything else with him because he's dead. They didn't have to make Warlords to bring Gul'dan back. They could have just said, well, when he was killed in the Tomb of Sargeras, the Burning Legion claimed him and then have him come back later. Ha ha ha, you thought I was dead, but I'm not. I'm a demon now. And everybody would have gone, whoa, and it would have been great. And we would have skipped everything in Warlords, which arguably wouldn't have been necessarily a terrible idea. Anyway. No, no I'm sorry. Right now, any any proposal that means I didn't get to have my Draenei meet the Draenei of, of Warlords, nope. There was Hard some pass. cool stuff in Warlords. There was also a lot of stuff in Warlords that made me go, huh? But yeah. and Anything involving the Draenei of Warlords, the Shadowmoon Valley stuff, the other Velen, any of that stuff, I am here for it. And I want Yorel back so hard, I can't even tell you. That's the main um, reason so... I'm annoyed about it, is because we got all this stuff with Yorel and whatnot, and have we seen her since? Um, well, if you go and get a Maghar Orc, you do see her very briefly, and that's it. Yeah, that that, that bums me out. But, it, but that's not... My point being that Sylvana still being around in the next expansion is, in my opinion, a good thing. Uh, it's very interesting, and, and it does make you wonder what the end of this expansion is going to be. That's one of the things they've done a real great job on. Like, I mean, you you agree, right? Like, they, they've done a good job of making us not know what's coming next. Yeah, and I think that part of that, too, is we are dealing with an all-new writing team, for the most part, over there in creative development like there are several new additions to the team and there are several members of the team that weren't working on like the traditional faces that I'm used to seeing and I've been used to seeing since like you know back in vanilla like I don't know Chris Metzen um they aren't there anymore so it's like a new team of people and it you know when they brought Dave Kosak on it took a little bit before I kind of picked up on what Kosak was putting down as far as like story beats that he liked to work with and things that he liked to do. Cause that's the thing is when you predict a story, you're not necessarily predicting the story. You're looking at how these people like to write their stories and where they're likely to go just based on how they like to write. And you can get pretty far that way. <laughs> Did it for years with Betson and with Kosak, but like both of them are off the team. You know, they've, they've gone on, moved on. I think Kosak is, Kosak is still doing Hearthstone right now and he's doing great over there. Metzen went ahead and retired and more power to him. But, and uh, Mickey Nielsen, he was one of the other people that was over in creative development. He's since left the company and I think he's writing books and novels and things now of his own. Um, yeah, he else? and Sam Weiss just released a really interesting book together. Yeah, there's like there's like a couple of other people that were on the team where it was like, yeah, I'm familiar with how you work and how you write. And yeah, so it's like an entirely new group of people now, an almost entirely new group of people that are writing on their own and doing their own thing. Um, so it's a little bit harder to kind of see where they're going to go with it. I don't think they're going to go Garage 2.0. If it was the same writing team, maybe, but it's not. So good question. Yeah, I I do think there's lots of different ways this could end. And I don't like the very fact that we still have no idea what what Nathanos was up to with Zalatath. Like, even if you're Horde, you don't know what he did. You have no idea. He just took off. So, yeah, I got to go do a thing. And that's the last you saw him. So there's a lot still to come. It doesn't even come up in the raid or anything. That's the weird part. (laughs) This is like. Huh. So what happened here exactly? Yeah, yeah. It's, it is definitely. But I, I do think them just coming right out and saying it. Uh, I've, I've had some people like, oh, you just ruined the suspense. But it's like, guys, at this point, I feel like a little a little knowledge of what isn't going to happen is actually helpful because MMOs take a while to come out. It's not like a book. Like when when Before the Storm came out, when I started to feel anxious about what was happening in the book, I could sit down and read the whole thing and get there. And, and know what happened at the end. And it was it was actually quite worse than I thought it was going to be, but in a good way. I thought the book is very good. <laughs> it's just the, the events, what, what what Christy Golden did to the characters. Yes. 
was was worse than I had thought. And, and it I was had a thought, very good book, though. And if you haven't read yeah. it, I really recommend it because a lot of the players from that book are starting to be brought up in casual conversation here and there, and it's likely that they're going to come back into play. This is yeah, all and, stuff we're going to talk about in Lore Watch next week. So Yeah, but th- that's one of the things about a book versus an MMO is you kind of control the pace of a book in that you can sit down and read it if if you feel like I must you know have the what ability happens. to read ahead. <laughs> yeah. And with a movie, movies tend to be a two hour experience, two three hours at the most. And you once the movie comes out, you can just sit there and watch it. An MMO, the story comes out in 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 beats and chunks. It's much more like trying to 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 do like a Netflix show that lasts for a year and comes out like every week a new one comes out. Not you can't just sit down and and. Uh, binge this you have to actually give it time to come out it's a it's a form of storytelling that's different in a lot of ways and i think it's its strength is that it can give you that feeling of participation in a way that others can't but the weakness can be that you you sit there for months and months wanting to know what happens next and you don't find out because that's just not here yet yeah so yeah i think it's actually not bad that they they dropped a little you know don't worry, she's not going to just die. We're not just killing her off. She's not just a raid boss. And I think that was something we kind of all thought once we realized that everyone from the Warbringer shorts survives. Like, Jaina lives, even though she's a raid boss. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler at this point to say that Queen Ashara is not done. Like, at the end of that raid, Queen Ashara is not gone. So, what, well, why that's the case, that you know, so forth, but... So and now with Sylvanas, Sylvanas isn't going to be gone at the end of this expansion. I think that's good. I I think it's good that they're still around. I think there's more stories you can tell with them, especially Sylvanas. So yeah, that, that's my take on that. There's so, a lot with her character that getting rid of her right now would be an incredible waste. And and yep. they've done this before, where they've had like perfectly good villains, and then it's like, oh, we're just gonna make a raid boss. <laughs> Cough, cough, Fandral stacking. I knew anyway, Fandral was coming. Yeah, I know. because That's because I was like, man, this could have been a really glorious character and you just throw that her was... in the Firelands. Thanks, guys. See, I, I raided with her in Cataclysm. She had that. That literally came up every single time we went in. Yep. Like, every time we fought him, that, that was like, can't believe we're wasting Fandral on this. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not saying she's wrong, but it's yeah, it, this is... I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, while we're talking, though, um, we're going to move on to another game here. Uh, Blizzard did a post this week about what's happening with Diablo 3. And uh, I thought it was an interesting post because the post is basically it's it's basically a roundup post. It's just this is stuff we're going to do now and in the future for Diablo 3. And what it it really focused. Yeah, it wasn't. It was just like, here's an update, by the way. Yeah, it, some of the stuff is good to hear, like the idea that they're going to start telling people, this is what we did and why we did it. This is how your feedback affected our decision. This is, you know, that kind of stuff is good to know. It's a good thing to say we're committed to doing that. Um, it isn't really something you expect a post about, but it, it was interesting. What I thought was really interesting is the focus of the post is about, it's not about new content because there is no new content coming. And they've been very upfront about that that they're not going to be doing any new Diablo 3 content. The content is what's there. What they're going to be doing is stuff like new themed seasons. Uh, new, there's a new set of, of, of a new class set for every class is coming, changing the way that those classes can be played. Um, they're doing stuff like adding the legendary gem that has the effect of last season, the current season. Uh, it has the effect of the legacy of, of dreams, legacy of nightmares set where you, if you don't have any other set, but if you don't have any set bonuses, you'll get a damage bonus per legendary that you have. That yeah. kind of thing. They're they're adding in new ways that you can tweak how you play and you and ways you can play differently. Because one of the things people have said when they started doing theme seasons, one of the things that became quick quite quite obvious back in season sixteen was that people liked the themes that changed the meta game of the game. That changed. Okay. This season, because of this season, I don't, you know, it's better for me not to have a set. Or, hey, because of this season bonus, I don't have to, you know, I I can not use that piece of gear and I can change up my entire set build and I can go with a different spec. That's the kind of thing they're focusing on. The ways to give you freedom from 
cookie cutter specs and because that's let's be honest diablo 3 is absolutely loaded with you must use this spec to do the best you can but in order to use this spec you have to have exactly the right gear and then you have to go exactly the right spec and I feel like, like in some ways Diablo 3 has turned into this game where the end game is just it's a perpetual min maxer playground. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I would actually the kind of, yeah, the, kind, the kind of people that enjoy looking up what does the best thing and does the best boost and do, doing all the math and everything else and like, you know, calculating. Those are the people that are like super 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 going to love what's going on. And then everybody else is like, you know, get your stuff smashed from the demons. That's that's all you need for the gameplay, really. If I mean, it, want, it, are they yeah. are they not coming out with any more story for Diablo 3? Yes. Is that kind of a bummer? Yeah, kind of. There were some loose ends that I wish they could have, you know, tied up with Diablo 3. But that's okay. I don't, I don't really care about that because right now, the game as it stands, I mean... There are still be aren't there still people out there that are avidly playing Diablo 2? Yeah? No? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those games that's just kind of timeless. And I feel like Diablo 3, with the introduction of seasons and all of this other stuff that they're doing, and these little tweaks and things that they're doing, it has become that kind of timeless game where you can just jump in, play for a little while. And it doesn't really, you know matter so much if you're the best of the best it doesn't matter there's no raids to go do or anything it's just, i am i you am go in and you have fun the best of the best. yeah you go in and yeah, you have no. fun and that's all it's about have one, fun one, hit one stuff was, get loot yay <laughs> one of the points they made that i thought was really interesting too is that season 16 had the highest engagement in quite a while people came back to do season 16 people really liked that theme they liked Which that one was I, 16 uh it was the glory one i think yeah uh, okay so they liked that one, and then they season 17 kept most of them. Like, they stuck around for season 17, which means the engagement is the highest that it's been in quite some time. And keep in mind, this game came out in 2012, and the last expansion for it, if we don't count the Necromancer pack, was, you know, 2014. Five it's years been, ago. Yeah, five years since people got any new content, and they're still playing this game. Because it's still fun. And and I think that that's the 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 reality of the situation that Blizzard is the the, the Diablo team is is leaned into. They whatever if the rumors are true and we're going to get Diablo four announced at this year's BlizzCon, we will not get that game for two years at a minimum. We will not see a new Diablo game unless Diablo Immortal, you know. And that's a thing that Blizzard guys seriously just just give us a clue. I know it's going to be at this point. If it's going to be at BlizzCon, if it's going to be anywhere, but. Come on, when's it coming out already? But even if Diablo Immortal, like they told us at BlizzCon, yeah, it's coming out at Christmas. You know, that's still most of this year. And a lot of people are not going to play Diablo Immortal because it's a mobile game and they just won't play those. So Diablo 3 has to stay relevant for at least two years. And this is the way they're going to get it to stay relevant because you can get people to come back and play it, even if they don't give any new content, if you give them new ways to play it. That's the thing that they think. And that's why I said it's kind of like a min-maxer's dream game. Yeah, exactly. But it's also because it's it's, constantly changing, and and what you could do to be the most effective or whatever it changes from season to season. So they constantly have new goals to strive for, and new things to look for, and new combinations to try out. It's just fun. One of the things I remember. One of the the PTR patches, they introduced a new a new item, uh, a set of bracers that originally they tested out and patched two. I think it was like two point two or it was a way way ago this patch and they tested these bracers out um and they they worked fine but they were like no this is too powerful if we give you bracers that give you the effect of every rune on this ability it's just way too powerful and in patch 2.6.5 they're like yeah no that's fine (laughs) no the game as it is now that's that's nothing go ahead go ahead and get that that's that's fine that is the kind of thing diablo 3 is completely unafraid of power creep because it realizes Power creep doesn't matter when you have exponentially ramping difficulty. Like if you get so strong that you can just destroy the content you're on, bump up the difficulty until you can't. And you know, okay, go to greater. Let's see, go to greater rift 95. Go to greater rift 100. Just keep going. Go until you can't go anymore. And that's I think it's it's interesting because it is not a lot of games lean into that that way. Not a lot of games no. just go. They just go with it. Okay, that's what this is, and we're going with it. If you don't like it, don't play it. And that's. 
I do think that that's the approach that seems to be working. It's worked in the past couple of theme seasons. I think theme seasons are definitely the saving grace of Diablo right now. Um, the new the new theme that's coming up, the season of the Triune, is interesting because it is a it's a theme that affects the entire season. Whereas Legacy of Nightmares definitely only affected the end game. It really didn't matter until you started getting a bunch of ancient legendaries. And even then, sometimes those ancient legendaries and the bonus from that really didn't outweigh the gear that you had. I don't think yeah, it was, was as effective as, as like the other theme seasons that they had. It was a cool concept, but... It really worked for some people. Like There yeah. were some classes it really worked for and some, and some builds. My build, it would have been very difficult for it to ever really outpace it. Uh, the only way it could would be if I just got absolutely really great ancient legendaries that all worked together and had great synergy, which I didn't. I, ne- I just never got them. It's just I had one primal ancient legendary by the end of the season. I just hadn't gotten more. Um, it's it's the luck of the draw. You know, I had my my greater rift difficulty up to like eighty something. It just wasn't I wasn't getting the pieces to move forward. And that's you know that is one of the problems with Diablo. That's one of the interesting things about the min maxing aspect of it is you can be on that hunt forever. Because the pieces you need to, to build that perfect build you want to build, you don't get them. And there's really not a lot you can do about it. You can keep going to, like, Kadala. You can keep trading in shards. You can keep doing content. But eventually, you, you either you get it or you don't. But, yeah, it was interesting. It's interesting to see them basically talking about stuff like player engagement and ways that they're going to communicate better with the community. Because it's not really – it's not what you expect. It's not news, exactly. So it was interesting to see this kind of – that the was the part that, that kind of struck me as a little weird because it was just, it was kind of like, here's an update, by the way. We're still doing things and we still plan on doing things. Thanks. And yeah, it yeah. was weird that they threw that out there now. I, I just, I'm like, why would you throw that out there now? What are you, I think what are because, you planning? <laughs> yeah, part of me thinks it's because we don't have an August news dump like we usually would have. There'd usually be a big August news dump. They'd usually be Gamescom and Blizzard would go and they would have, since they're not doing that, since they're they're keeping their developers home and working on stuff and we're not going to hear about anything till BlizzCon, which is, you know, three months from now. I feel like this was very much kind of like a little signal flared, like, you know, stay calm, don't get upset, think we're going to keep going like we have, everything's fine. See, part um, of me is wondering if it's that and part of me is wondering if it's like just to start quelling any kind of early fears that players might have that you know should a Diablo 4 be announced and or come out Diablo 3 would just like stop yeah I that the the possibility of that in my opinion is extremely slow small because even if they announce Diablo 3 at BlizzCon and that's an if it's not Diablo 4 not not 3 we have 3 already yeah Yeah. (laughs) if they announce Diablo 3 we're just gonna go what we're doing it over we're doing another Diablo 3 this one didn't count Diablo no, 3 remastered. <laughs> it's like, if, if they announced Diablo what? 4 at BlizzCon, it's still two to three years away. There's just no way they're going to announce it and go, it's coming out next year. Not happening. It's not coming out before 2021 at the earliest. Uh, so Diablo 3 is going to be a going game for quite some time. It's going to be a developed game. It's going to be a game that they put stuff out for, for at least two years. And I think that that's, this is very much them saying that. It's like, you know, there will be more stuff to do. Maybe not new stuff to do, but more stuff to do. So, but yeah, that pretty much, I think that covers the week, doesn't it? Yeah, we should jump into some emails because the first one here actually involves some cool stuff and we should talk about it. Okay. Uh, you're the, let's, let me actually do the thing where I tell you guys. Yeah. If you want to send an email to the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show. Or you can hit us up on Discord. We have a channel for Q and podcast questions. You can you can send one to us there. We, we do check it. We checked it this week, actually. So uh, make sure that you hit either one of those methods if you want to send us a question. And they can be about any Blizzard game. So it doesn't have to be WoW. It can be anything. It can be Overwatch. It can be Diablo. It, it can be rock and roll racing if you want to. I mean, Anne can talk about it. I'm not kidding. She knows that game. Uh, Lost Vikings, we can cover Lost Vikings. Yes. It's up to you. So uh, Anne's going to read them to us now, though, so if you don't mind, Anne. Okay, first email is from Space Hog, who says, Hey, everybody, why doesn't Imperius like us? I saved Heaven, then I helped defend it from Malthael, and he still acts like I peed on his carpet or something. Thanks. Love the show. Space Hog. Did you miss the part where you peed on his carpet? That's like right in act four. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's an act of defiance. <laughs> No. Anyway, that rope really tied heaven together. Imperius is, uh, yeah. Imperius, is, tell us about Imperius, Rossi. Uh, Imperius, if you go back to the Sin War, 
um, Imperius is the Archangel of Valor, and you know he's basically Heaven's bruiser. He's he's the guy who, when when the the prime evils and the less the greater and lesser evils get up to mischief, Imperius is the guy who's usually in the forefront smashing stuff. They all fight. Like if you saw the Wrath short, they all fight. But Imperius is the closest to the to the like the tank of the group. He is the one who gets in there and wants the fight. In fact, he can be manipulated that way. If you again, if you saw the Wrath short. Uh, Diablo actually managed to take him off enough that rather than taking Diablo captive like the angels had wanted to, uh, Imperius got so mad he killed him, which just sends him back to hell and starts everything over again, thus rendering the mission they were on pointless. They were on a mission to capture Diablo. They were going to catch him. They were going to imprison him. And that way he couldn't, you know, he'd be out, he'd be off the board for a while. It would actually be more effective than killing him. Imperius got mad and killed him. Diablo Diablo was pretty much like, poking him too because he was like yeah. is is valor valor is it really just like another word for rage unchecked rage and yeah imperious took offense to all of that and even though Tyrael rightfully suggested hey let's capture this dude let's keep him in prison so he can't do this whole you know dude stick to the plan yeah stick to the plan dude no imperious oh, imperious was like I, I think he said something along the lines of demon kind can only be dealt with through blood and then just like murdered him and set the whole thing off again. And I think, was it Oriel that said that it was like sacrilege and Diablo basically just mocked him all with like his last breaths and stuff. And it was, it was just, yeah, Imperius just. He's got anger management issues. He messed things up. But that's what he does. He's he's the tank. He's the guy that rallies everybody else in a battle, and he's the one leading the charge. And yeah, and unfortunately, like it's very hard for Imperius to even accept that that humans exist. Like when they found out about Sanctuary, he was one of the ones who was like, "No, wipe these things out. These these things are abominations. They're half angel and half demon. No, kill them. They must be destroyed. Their demon their demon half means they're corrupt. They can't possibly be good because they've got." demon in them and demons are automatically inherently evil in his view so yeah wipe them out destroy them and he's basically he like that. the scarlet crusade of the Angaris council yeah <laughs> and that was his vote when when the the Angaris council got together they voted to uh wipe out humanity uh he voted to destroy them malthiel abstained malthiel's like i am not voting this is i am not taking part in this it's i'm not i'm not taking sides Oriel and I forget the other one. Oh, bloody heck. I should go look him up. But the other two voted not to destroy humanity. Israel. Israel, thank you. And uh, at this point, the you know, Imperius's best friend was Tyrael. The two of them, Justice and Valor, they were like super tight. They were best buddies. Uh, Imperius was like, well, I mean, I can trust Tyrael. He hates these things as much as I do, because he did. Tyrael thought humans were garbage. But Unlike Imperius, when he witnessed the sacrifice of Odysseus, if he witnessed him repair the soul, the world stone, and give up his own life to reset it so that the the various uh, Nephilim that were being born at the time of the Sin War would go back to being just humans, and the world would reset to the way it was, he was like, "That's he gave up everything. He gave up his own life. He gave up everything that made him who he was, just to protect his world." I, it's not just to, to then come along and kill them all. That's not a just thing to do. I can't do it. I, I'm justice. And he voted against Imperius. Imperius took this as a betrayal. He was like, you, you, you're, you and me, man, we were going to vote. But if, if it was a tie, it would have gone my way. On ties, we would have destroyed them. You, you voted you, three to one against me. Now we're not going to destroy them? How could you do this to me? And he never, they never forgave each other. Like, Tyrael didn't forgive Imperius for not looking past his prejudices he sees that it's not a valorous act to refuse to confront when you're wrong and imperius refuses to accept that this is justice it doesn't seem just to him to allow demons want to exist so the two of them didn't really get along and imperius does not think highly of of mortals when the nephilim shows up the nephilim is like his worst nightmare and you see that at the end of, of reaper of souls imperius he isn't outright hostile to you. He's, I mean, he is kind of, but he's more passive aggressively hostile. He doesn't offer you any violence. He just is like, you know, fine. If you're here, you can be useful, I guess. But at the end, when Tyrael has his big moment, Imperius is standing right there next to him and they see him. They see the Nephilim take out Malthiel, who was their wisest. Malthiel was the head of the Angiris Council for a long time. And 
now they realize that the Nephilim is more powerful than the demons or us. And Imperius is not somebody who can really accept that something is more powerful than he is. Like, look at he took on he took on Diablo when Diablo had all seven evils inside it at the same time. He thought, I can beat that. He straight up thought, I can take that, all seven of them at once. Yeah, sure, why not? Let's go. And even when he lost, he he wouldn't really accept it. He was like, Yeah, it was a flesh wound. I'll get back in there, I'll take him on. And then you beat him. And and he doesn't respect you, so he didn't quite accept that. But seeing you take out Malthiel, now he has to accept it. Because you didn't just beat Malthiel, you beat Malthiel with all seven evils infused through him. Malthiel used the soul stone. He drew their power out and used it against you. And you beat that. And you didn't just beat him. He like disintegrated into ashes. Like you obliterated him. Yeah, like there will, there will be a new aspect of wisdom born out of the crystal arch. You've purified that, but Malthiel's gone. Yeah. He won't be coming back. It's not like when Tyrael blew himself up with the world stone, he managed to incorporate himself because Eldruin still existed. He still had a means to, to, he had an anchor. He had somebody who was carrying Eldruin around and using it in the name of justice. He had a way to regenerate himself. Malthiel didn't. You've destroyed Malthiel. Malthiel is gone. There will be a new aspect of wisdom. It won't be Malthiel. Is that the and first time that that's happened to them? Not. I don't think it really says in the lore. I don't recall that they've ever lost anybody like that. Like um, in that way. I mean, I know, yeah. I know they've died like fighting demons and stuff like that. But usually, they, you know... if they die, if they die fighting demons, they'll they'll go to the Crystal Arch and they'll be reborn. Right. Uh, but. It, it's not like this. This is a Malthiel was was playing around with powers he barely understood. The whole death thing. Death isn't something that angels really have anything to do with. And this was so. This was a really big deal. Like what happened at the end of Reaper of Souls was a really big deal because for the first time, I think Tyrael kind of opened his eyes and really took a look at what the Nephilim had become and what they were capable of. And mm-hmm. for the first time, he might have been thinking, oh, man, maybe Imperius was right. Maybe there was some truth yeah. to what Imperius and, said. And, and the two of them are the one. It's it's interesting that the two of them are the witnesses. Yeah. It's Tyrael and Because they don't get along. Exactly. They, they, they don't really yeah. get along. <laughs> no, Imperius and, and Tyrael have never forgiven each other for that split. And so the two of them witnessed this. And, you know, they might. You can actually imagine the two of them turning and looking at each other going like, um, Yeah. That happened. Uh-huh. Because in Imperius, even when Malthiel is attacking heaven, Imperius is like, you know, I can't believe he'd do this, but he's still my brother. I can't bring myself to hurt him. And that's, he would feel the same way about Tyrael. He's angry with Tyrael, but Tyrael is still his brother. They're still angels. Even after he sacrificed it to become mortal, he's mortal, but he's still not human. He's a, just a mortal being. Because you saw when, when Malthiel grabbed Tyrael at the beginning of the, of the expansion of, of Reaper of Souls, he uses his scythe to test his essence. And there's nothing of, of demons in it. Nope. That's why he doesn't kill him. He doesn't kill him because he's an angel. He's not of the demons. He's got nothing demonic in his, his nature. He's mortal, but he's not a human. Humans in, in the Diablo setting have angel and demon inside them both at the same time. They, they can, they're the only beings that truly have choice. Angels and demons don't really have choice. They kind of are what they are. Even when they break, they break because they've tried to do what they are. So, but yeah, it, that's why he doesn't like us. He doesn't like us because A, we're a threat. B, we're a replacement. And C, we did what he should have been able to do, but couldn't. Yeah. So, yeah. I think a lot of it leans on that third one, but it's also just the fact that the Nephilim are part demon. So as far as he's concerned, yeah, that's kind of like peeing on his carpet. <laughs> just your existence <laughs> is, is Metaphorically, like that. You, you are the urine stain on the you, carpet of existence. You, you are a thing that should not be, and therefore you are kind of offensive and probably always will be. But yeah, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with Diablo 4 when they do come out with Diablo 4, because I feel like all of that stuff at the end of Reaper of Souls, it's going to come into play. I feel like it kind of has to at this yep. point. I agree. Okay. So, uh, next email is from Sivus of Dethicus, who says, Greetings, Watchers. Why did it only take one Valkyr to raise Sylvanas after she threw herself from the top of Ice Crown Citadel, but it took three to raise her after Godfrey shot her in Silver Pine Forest? Um, well, I have two theories on this, but 
My first theory is that when she got raised after she threw herself from the top of Ice Crown, that was that was a that was the pact that she made with that particular Valkyr, who is the head of all of them. Um, I can't remember her name though. Do you remember her name? I'm trying to remember, and it wasn't Agatha. No, it wasn't Agatha. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to look it up. You talk while I look it up. Okay. But anyway, she made a pact with that one who was like the big, the most powerful Valkyr. She was the, the head one that served Arthas directly. Um, so that one, and that one traded positions with her. That one straight up said, and I'll healed. stay here. And he'll be and taller. And she, and she made the deal with, with Sylvanas. She stayed in that hoary nether realm of death. And Sylvanas went back to the land of the living. When she got shot at Silver Pine, however, there were no Valkyr of Anhild standing there. So it took three of them to match up to what Anhild could do. And it took three of them, especially since now Sylvanas had already died twice at this point. I feel like it's it's kind of hinted that the more you die, the harder it is to come back. But it's not strictly speaking stated at any point. I, I do think the fact that Anhild was a more powerful, more experienced Valkyr is important to this. Um, but that's, yeah, you know. the three the three that sacrificed themselves, that was Agatha. Agatha, Arthura, and Dashla, I think, was the third one. Um, those three sacrificed themselves, and it was part of the deal that had been made. But they weren't, like, Anhild was the big Valkyr that was in charge of all of the other ones. Agatha, in particular, I think she was, like, one of the youngest ones there. So they didn't have as much influence, I guess. And also, I think it was kind of a different situation. Honestly, it yeah, was like two, two different situations because one situation was a trade. It was, I will take your place. And it's only one of them that needs to take their place. And then the second time around, it was like, you haven't crossed over yet. We're going to bring you back. But because you're undead, I don't know. Part of the deal. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think part of it, though, really was the fact that Enhild was way more powerful than the other Valkyr were. Yeah, she was effectively Valkyr Prime. For she was the she one was... who had the power and authority to make that kind of deal, really. For some reason, her spirit alone would satisfy the terms of that agreement for whatever reason. So, I don't know. Um, do you have anything to add to that? No, uh, I will point out that if you remember the the Ingvar the Plunderer encounter, you remember that that bit in, in uh, Ice Crown? Anhild was the one that got to make judge, who got to judge the the Vrykul and say you're not worthy. You get to yeah. be stuck as a rotting corpse. You're worthy. You get to come back as like an Hence actual the powerful caller thing. part of it, a yep. part of her title. And she was very like she was extremely powerful compared to other members of that group. Like she was the one who Arthas had directly entrusted with with his with her you know with a fraction of his power and you saw how arthas raised them when you went to uh utgard pinnacle you get to see the yeah. selection of of a of a valkyr and arthas you, like he was he wasn't physically there exactly but he did that weird thing where he steps out of a giant portal sort of thing and he's doing the thing with the sword and and making the the valkyr so i would think that it feels to me that she's invested with a lot more of his ability than the rest of them that seems like almost certain because she was in charge of them. She was the one. She Not may have been one make... of the first ones that he turned. Yeah, because remember, he had to work out how to do it. He didn't know how to do this right away. He had to effectively reverse engineer the Valkyr. His Valkyr were copies, and he didn't know how to do it at first. And there were probably a lot that didn't make it before he finally figured out, oh, this is how you do this. Um, so someday we need to, like, I really want them to have a, a Helia Lich King encounter where we figure out what their deals are to each other. Like if he's just poaching from her realm of death or what? There's that a lot. That would be there. a really entertaining conversation, and I would like to be there to witness that conversation. Yeah, but at any rate, um, yeah, that's my take on that. I, I, I think it's more a question of just the the, the Valkyrie she has left just aren't as powerful as Anhild, and so they can't just do what she does. They need they need to work together. There need to be more of them. So I think. I mean, we could answer one more email, but I think we'd probably go on for a bit. So maybe we should go ahead and just wrap it up here and carry the other ones forward to next week. 
Sure. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. We'll go ahead and do that. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you, Ian. Uh, guys, if you remember, if you have an email for the show, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch, or you can hop on our Discord server and you can use the Q and podcast channel to ask us podcast questions as well. And again, any game is welcome. Thank you guys so much for you know listening every week with us. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast, and we're going to be here again next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.